Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly and co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Uh, today's topic is going to be discussion with JMLS and UIC's Veteran Legal Support Center and Clinic. And we have some esteemed panelists with us, including Lori Roper, who is the Cook County Attorney Supervisor, Problem Solving Courts, Brian Scanlon, who is a Cook County Assistant Attorney, Public Defender's Office, and also Samantha Stiltner, uh, JMLS, UIC Veterans Clinic Staff Attorney. And Samantha has an incredible background. Um, she has, has attended JMLS and graduated in June of 2015 and looks like she's been very, very busy since her graduation time period. She has been working with the, uh, Veterans Legal Clinics for some time and uh, started actually during her academic time at the uh, university studying law. After graduating, Samantha went on to work as a staff attorney and program manager at the Veterans Consortium Pro Bono Program in Washington, D.C., uh, while at the Veterans Consortium, Samantha directly represented veterans in federal court before the Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims. She has multiple accomplishments, and we are so pleased and happy to have you with us, uh, uh, both uh, uh, Brian and uh, Samantha. Uh, so we're going to open this up and find out what is going on in the legal side of this world, because <laughs> it sounds like we have some experts to tell us what's going on. So why don't we start with you, Brian, and then you can uh, lead into uh, Samantha. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. (laughs) Okay, good. Good, great. Um, As you know, I work in the Veterans Treatment Court, and I also went to John Marshall Law School. John Marshall. And I'm very happy to have Samantha here with us. Yes. Um, I met Samantha when she came into the courtroom to explain the benefits that their clinic can give to the veterans in Veterans Treatment Court, not only people who, you know, who've run afoul of the law, but also those who haven't but still need services from John Marshall and uh, the VA as a, you know, proud veteran. And from that, I will allow, not allow, but I will humbly <laughs> ask Samantha to introduce herself and to can you continue talking. Oh, thank you. Hi, Samantha. Hi, it's nice to finally be on. I know that we've had some issues <laughs> scheduling. Um, I don't know if you guys heard there's there's a pandemic happening. Oh, I think I've heard about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to talk about it in a little bit, but there's been some stuff happening. Um, yeah, so I am a John Marshall alum. I went into law school thinking I wanted to do contracts, and then I got into the Veterans Clinic, and I've been doing it for over seven years now. I love representing veterans. Uh, John Marshall has a very robust clinic program that allowed me to do that. And yes, afterwards, I went to D.C. and I did a bunch of cool stuff. And now I'm back teaching law students, which is really exciting. (laughs) Excellent. I'm hoping to kind of, you know, plant that seed for pro bono or veterans pro bono in them. Uh, We are a law school clinic, so we're teaching students how to work veterans claims. They're working with veterans. It's very exciting. Uh, I just wanted to start with what we do. So if anybody out there needs our help or wants to know how they can get involved. So we do Veterans Benefits Appeals. 
So if you have already submitted a claim and then you get your denial or something that's unfavorable, maybe you weren't rated the way you thought you should be, then you can come to us. And so we have a really, really great partner, Illinois Armed Forces Network, and it's a network of pro bono attorneys and pro bono organizations. So I'm going to give this number out now, and I'll give it out before we end this. But if you're interested in applying for help, free pro bono help from um, a licensed attorney in Illinois, the number is 855-452-3526. Okay, excellent. And that's the Illinois Armed Forces Network. And that's a legal aid network that works in all kinds of cases, not just veterans benefits, which I'm going to be talking about. But they have some civil attorneys and stuff, too. And we do all our intake through AFLAN. Mm -hmm. So if you call them, you'll get to us. Excellent. (laughs) All right. So uh, what we do at John Marshall is uh, a few different things. We obviously do the Veterans Treatment Court, which I my heart has always been in that. I've always really, really loved that program. Um, the first time I was in court, I was a student mm-hmm. in that program, uh, representing a veteran that had just horrible time getting back into civilian life. And we were able to work with him, get him resources. And after six months, he was just doing so much better. And it was one of the proudest moments that I've had in law mm-hmm. since I've been here. Uh, but we do veterans benefits uh, if you have an increase or an appeal, something along the lines of um, survivors, caregivers. We not only help veterans, but we help their family members as well. So I would ask if you have a survivor or widower type claim, come to us. We're there for you. We do not have eligibility requirements. We will take other than honorable um, or rather than honorable, so to speak. <laughs> And so if you have an appeal, you can come to us and we will help you appeal it. But you have to have that first decision or something that you're trying to appeal. We don't do initial claims. Um, If you do want to do an initial claim, I would tell you to go to like a veteran service organization, like the American Legion, like you just spoke about, or DAV, somewhere along those. Uh, We also do discharge upgrades. Okay. So those folks that have been discharged without in honorable discharge and it could be something related to manifestations of uh, PTS or TDI, post-traumatic stress, traumatic brain injury. Um, we found the science has found that that actually changes um, the cognitive displays in the brain. Like, and so there might be manifestations where somebody was discharged from the service for something And so we like to look. We also like to look to make sure that uh, we look for the procedures that were done correctly, Mm -hmm. because like any kind of law, uh, military law can be done incorrectly. Mm -hmm. So if you have a less than honorable discharge, feel free to come to us. We're here to help uh, for veterans benefits, too. Uh, It's called character service determination. But We welcome everybody. We don't have an income requirement. We don't have a discharge requirement. We are here to see if we can help. That's that's our whole job. Oh, fantastic. That is really great. Um, And you started, you know, listing, uh, started talking about one service member, I guess you helped, and it sort of gave you a sense of pride. And and, uh, I I think that that's really, those are some of the, the moral hooks that we get in life <laughs> and they grab us and say, this is a you know career path for you to go down. And 
so, you know, to tell us a little bit more about, you know, how have you seen uh, this in a way of helping families, especially now with COVID-19? Um, I was, had, was on a, with a caller earlier, and uh, we were talking about the VA be- benefits and how the electronic health system, record system, is going to be uh, unfolding right now. And it's going to be a massive, uh, uh, you know, outpouring of different types of systems. And uh, so right now we're looking at these families, and they are affected as well. And as you were mentioning, TBI, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder, traumatic brain injury, uh, people sometimes are unable to um, cope with things and to work with themselves. So should the, is there something that families can do or people who are support uh, in a supportive role that can help them uh, in this sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a very difficult time for folks with mental health illnesses or any kind of other physical ailments, right? Because we're all kind of trapped inside. Um, I will say that if you are a veteran and you're honorably discharged, you can go to the VA and request services. If you're a veteran that has been uh, discharged other than honorably, you can still go and ask for humanitarian care from your local VA. Uh, There was, uh, movement a couple years ago, but there's 90 days at least of mental health treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would just say pay attention because this is this is going to be really really tough, mm-hmm. and it's been really tough. And the veterans are feeling it as much as the rest of us are, and being trapped home and not being able to go anywhere and being mm-hmm. really really concerned for their safety. So I would say family members um, first and foremost look out. Because you know your family the way only you know your family. So you're going to be able to see any changes. But uh, reaching out to those coordinators, uh, the Veterans Crisis Line is really important. I would, I would ask that everybody know that line. And because I can talk to one of my clients all day long, but I'm not a veteran. Mm-hmm. And so I know that listening and talking to their peers is really, really helpful. Yes. And so what, what types of cases do you run across, you know, when veterans come into you? Um, maybe you can describe a few of the kinds of cases you see, uh, because sometimes uh, veterans, if, if you are involved in legal action, sometimes it can be for uh, related to your uh, you know, emotional status and things that are happening, you know, with PTSD or TBI. And uh, so how do veterans come to you and how do you sort of assist them? What's it like an encounter like? <laughs> So uh, when we have a veteran contact us uh, or get a referral through AFLAN, which I've mentioned, uh, we have an initial intake that's very brief that they'll have with AFLAN, wherein I will call sometimes uh, my colleagues and I will call with students so they can get that interaction. And we'll just want to hear what the, first and foremost, what does the veteran want? Um, What are they trying to achieve? And so that way we can figure out whether eligibility requirements and things like that are met. But it's really listening. And what I found in, like, the seven years of doing this is uh, veterans don't feel like they're listened to. And that's really important in our practice, even though we're a clinic. But uh, my colleagues and I are very into listening to what veterans have to say. So when they uh, come in, or they call in now, uh, we will have an initial intake with them, and we'll figure out what the goal is and where we're trying to go with that. And then we will get their records. 
And that kind of brings me to my next thing was, it sounds like you've already had somebody talk about the COVID issues with NBA a little bit. Okay. Yes. Just a little bit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what we're seeing right now is that a lot of the facilities closed. Uh-huh. And so there weren't researchers there, for instance, at the archives. And so what we're seeing is a system that's already bogged down and already really slow kind of being slower. Uh-huh. And so what I'm, um, I've been blown away at the compassion from the veterans that I've had that have called me and said, I don't know if you want to do anything else because COVID's going on. And I'm like, no, that's what I'm here for. And we're going to keep working with it. But we also have to have patience and grace because everybody's trying to figure out how we do this effectively, but safely. Yes. Yes. I have a lot of qualms with the VA, but um, (laughs) the way they've handled this, they stopped doing in-person examinations for a while, things like that. I think the safety was way more important than, you know, getting everybody sick in the order of getting something done. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense uh, because we're, you know, I, I remember um, it was with General Honore and I was uh, responding to Hurricane Katrina and uh, someone was really pressuring about, well, why is it these things are not being done right now? And he said, he looked around, he said, look around you. What do you see? And they said, what do you mean? He said, disaster. <laughs> so we're, yeah. we're in a time period where everyone is trying to acclimate themselves to this new world. <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, so so it's really difficult, but I'm glad that well, you... Absolutely. <laughs> It's so funny to me, though, that, um, you know, I am an attorney and I am here to serve, but the amount of my clients that have just been so spectacular that are asking me before we even get into the cases, like, how are you and your family doing? Like that, that's a testament to the veterans and why I absolutely love what I do because (laughs) they're the best and they just want to make sure I'm okay before we even talk about their cases. That's incredible right because you were saying that number was eight five five four two uh four five two three five two six so eight five five four five two three five two six and it sounds like uh at the other end of that uh phone that sounds like a lot of compassion and uh you know people are waiting there to help you so if you feel like you have those needs you need to call uh this number and uh, and this is a, such a, a pro bono service. Um, I don't think we hear much pro bono anymore. <laughs> uh, the, f- no. the four letters free usually aren't free. <laughs> so <laughs> Right. And so um, yeah, one of the uh, things whenever I do these kind of interviews, uh, because I get this question a lot, is how should you find your representative? Yes. Uh, okay. mm-hmm. The representative for VA does not have to be an attorney. Um, we have attorney representatives. But I would always suggest that somebody go to VA.gov and check accreditation because that's really important. You don't want to get yourself in a situation where you sign a contract. Uh, There are for-profit attorneys for this, but make sure that your VA rep is accredited. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's really important. And I always say that the best way to find a lawyer, no matter what you're doing, is the same way to find a doctor. You talk to people, Mm -hmm. you hear their experiences, it depends, you know, you can be in one part of the country and somebody's had a really good experience with this VSO versus another part of the country. Mm-hmm. But I just say talk to people, and I know vets talk a lot because I have a lot of vets in my family. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I know that there's a lot of conversation. So one of the things, unfortunately, I was I did a webinar over the last three days, actually, and apparently there are a lot of folks that are coming up as, like, 
being representatives, whereas they're not accredited. So mm-hmm. right now, my big oh, thing boy. is making sure that people are being um, <laughs> being seen and being taken advantage of. It's very, very scary to me. So I just want everybody to make sure that their representative is accredited. Right. Where, where do your calls come in from? Because I know that you're... Yeah. You're located in one area, but do you get calls from out, you know, multiple states or, uh, and you, you know, there's this big difference between rural and between urban, and you know, so many different situations people find themselves in. So how how do how do you um, sort of deal with that? <laughs> so we again don't have any qualifications except you have to be in Illinois just because of our grants and things along those lines. Yes. So mm-hmm. we have veterans that are you know down south in Illinois, <laughs> out yes. in the rural. Yes. Um, but we also work with uh, Southern Illinois University, and they're working on a rural veterans pro- project. And so we work with them in order to get those kind of services to folks that might not be in the metropolitan area. Even though we're in Chicago, <laughs> we recognize how difficult it is to get to downtown, even from suburbs. Yes. You know? Yes. So very rarely do we need anybody to come in, especially now. Most of the things that we do can be done online. Mm-hmm. Hearings can be done online. Things like that can be done online. So if anybody's worried about getting down to our office, don't worry about it. We'll make it work. Yeah, because we have about 36% of our veterans who live in rural communities. And uh, so that's uh, that's really one of those concerns we always have. But it sounds like there's a way around that, that people can actually, uh, you know, get the services they need no matter where they're living in Illinois. Um, And, uh, you know, I used to be the director for the Illinois Department of Public Health, uh, you know, a few years ago. And uh, so I know Illinois is a very different state as you travel (laughs) up and down I-80 and 57. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) you know, back back and cross. But uh, so so. what do you think people need to do as far as paperwork? Because a lot of veterans now are, you have active duty veterans, you know, active duty personnel, and then they become veterans and they uh, start looking for paperwork. What can people do to make sure they have the things in order that you need uh, and making sure that they retain files or records that you think are uh, supportive or important for them? So most people don't get their military jacket, which is their file. Most people don't get their military jacket when they leave. That can make things so much easier. So right now we are still, if we have a veteran that doesn't have their jacket, then we have to request it. It was t- taking between nine nine months and a year to get that. And now with the pandemic and the, yeah, it takes a really long time to get those records. Uh, now with the pandemic and several of the facilities being closed, I suspect it's going to take a lot longer. And so if you can get out and you can get your paperwork as you get out, that's going to be so much more helpful because, um, that's, I think that's the biggest thing that we get is folks coming to us, not realizing just how long it's going to take us to get these records that are necessary. Um, keeping in track or, excuse me, keeping up with your battle buddies because some of these VA claims would really be helped by buddy statements and things like that. So I'm very fortunate. Uh, one of my, one of my great clients, uh, he's been in contact with people that he served with for 20 years. And so trying to do a sleep apnea claim with somebody that bunked with this guy who could say, yeah, you woke me up every single night. night. (laughs) Yes. Right. 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 So may I ask you a question? (laughs) Sure. Sure. 
May I ask a quick question? Lori and I often deal with um, in Veterans Treatment Court, it's situations like DUIs. Do you help people get their driver's licenses reinstated? Because that's our most frequently asked question. So I would refer that to AFLAN. So AFLAN does, uh, it's over 10 nonprofits, I think, at this point, but they they do a range of things. So if you call AFLAN and you're looking for VA benefits, they're going to send you to us. But if you call AFLAN looking for a civil matter, then they're going to refer you to an organization that they have a partnership with that they can work with. So oh, even though we, we don't really handle the, the civil stuff, AFLAN is a really, really great resource. I really good on them, and they look cute. Okay, that's fantastic. Um, yes. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your role. I just get oh, that no, question. That's fantastic. A lot. I, I, that was a great question. <laughs> so we, we um, actually, so uh, one of the one of the things that I was wondering about too is that you know veterans sometimes will become incarcerated. So I'm not sure if you deal with incarcerated uh, veterans as well. You know, they may um, have something like a DUI or something else that's going on, you know, um, where they were involved in some criminal act. Uh, But does the uh, center actually take care of those people as well? So it depends on what's happening. Typically, when a veteran is incarcerated for more than a number of days, their benefits will be slashed down to 10 percent. And so if there's a veteran that has had their rating reduced or their compensation reduced because they're in prison, then we can look at that to make sure that regulatory, it was okay and that they did it right. There have been issues where there's overpayments and things along those lines because the veteran told the government that they were incarcerated, the government didn't move on it, which will create an overpayment. But those kind of things we can help, especially incarcerated veterans, because you don't see that many. And so I don't. I'm not sure that the regional office takes care of them the way they're supposed to. Yeah, that's really All about helping a veteran's family get to the prison to visit their unfortunately incarcerated um, loved one. Can you help with that if they don't have the funds to get to that prison? So I'll go ahead and do another plug for one of our partners. <laughs> uh, we've actually been working with Illinois Prisoner Project, and uh, the. The, the the creator of this, her name is Jennifer Jennings. Like she's amazing, and so she's come to us uh, with questions about incarcerated veterans. That's another one that I would look up. It's an incredible nonprofit, and she's doing really really good work. Uh, so if you have somebody that is incarcerated but is a veteran, you can again call us. But you can also talk to Illinois Prisoner Project. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.